Vikings play Atlanta on Sunday. How are they going to be able to handle the Brian Flores defense? And who's playing quarterback? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings, Locked On Falcons crossover Thursday. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another Crossover Thursday previewing the Week 9 extravaganza between the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons. If you came to see elite quarterback play, you are absolutely going to get it this weekend in today's <laughs> Yes, I love Thursday. it. A couple of barn burners. Let's go. <laughs> today's Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way. To play daily fantasy sports, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So, guys, if you don't know me, I'm, of course, the very humble host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, Aaron Freeman, and I am joined by the humble host of the Locked On Vikings podcast, the illustrious host of the Locked On Vikings podcast, Luke Braun. And, of course, we want to give a special shout-out to our everydayers that tune in each and every day. And if you're not an everydayer, what are you doing with your lives? All you got to do, guys, is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. So, Luke, it is Crossover Thursday. And uh, let's jump into the biggest stories for both of these teams heading into this week nine action. And as I sort of teased at the top, I have the assumption that for the Vikings, it is dealing with the quarterback. I know for the Falcons, it is dealing with the quarterback, but I'll give you the floor to talk about what's going on with the Vikings. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so, hi, Falcons fans. You caught us in a moment. Um, the... So Kirk Cousins gets hurt in Lambeau, obviously. Y'all heard about that. Yeah. Um, the Vikings traded for Josh Dobbs. He's it's sort of still a mystery whether they want Josh Dobbs to like be the starter eventually, uh, or if they're just rolling with Jaron Hall and Josh Dobbs is more of an insurance policy. They're being very cagey about that. Of course they are. Um, but regardless, for this game, it's Jaron Hall. It's the Jaron Hall show. Uh, they're not going to expect Josh Dobbs to be ready in, in four days. They've already announced that. So there's no mystery there. It is Jaron Hall. He will be the quarterback uh, against the Falcons. And and I, I think there's a little bit of there's like a conflicted thing, right? For the most part, the emotion of Vikings fandom right now is is mourning. Uh, it's grief because we're very we probably just watched Kirk Cousins. Like there's a really good chance we watch Kirk Cousins play his last game as a Viking. Um and it ended like that, like in this unceremonious way in a non-contact injury in a game they were already leading by two scores in the fourth quarter. Uh, and he was dealing too, like he was killing it. He killed it versus San Francisco. So it's like he just goes out at like the peak of his powers and we're all mourning and grieving that. And then there's this little bug in the back of everyone's ear going like, but yeah, but we get to see what we have in Jaron Hall now. This is this is curious. Ooh, what is it? Um, from what I saw in the preseason, I didn't hate it. I mean, it's, he's not Kirk, but I didn't hate it. Uh, but that's the preseason, right? And he played like he, he threw five, he had five dropbacks against the Packers. So what can you take from that? So it's still this, this relatively mysterious thing. I don't really know what we're going to get from Jaron Hall, but from what I saw in college, what I saw in the preseason, I feel better about him than I do about 
you know, trying to to take Colt McCoy up and, you know, try to make something out of that. Like, let's just go with the kid we drafted. I understand. I understand. I remember that first year Jaron Hall took over for Zach Wilson, like the first game I saw, I was like, is he better than Zach Wilson? I can say confidently I was not a Zach Wilson uh, okay. believer at the time, but uh, I think Jaron Hall has some ability. I, you know, I kept watching him and I did, I came out to the coach. I don't think he's a better BYU fan. Yeah. Aaron better Smith. than Zach Wilson, but I, I needed a hot take. So I was ready to jump on the Jaron Hall bandwagon, but you're talking Kukunakua about a merchant, that BYU <laughs> connection really finding its way in the NFL. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but you talk about the Vikings being in a moment. The Falcons are a little bit of a moment because they're making yeah. a switch at the quarterback position. Um, they're starting Taylor Heineke this week after he came in midway through Last week's game against the Titans, uh, where Desmond Ritter was being checked out for a concussion. He was clear for that concussion in the game, but the Falcons figured, hey, you know, we, we got a field goal out of uh, Taylor Heineke on the drive. The offense was moving a little bit. Let's keep Heineke in and see what we got, right? And, uh, you know, the Falcons were able to score some points in the second half of that game. They were able to get their offense moving. And I think that led to Arthur Smith making the decision to at least temporarily, we'll see if it's a permanent move. I guess this is kind of a audition, one week audition, a multi week audition. Who knows? Uh, that's kind of the the issue with the Falcons is you know their process is is certainly questionable when it comes to a lot of things. You know, you're being you're... so nice right now. <laughs> <laughs> like feel the restraint. <laughs> no, it's just like you know I want to see Desmond Ritter succeed here, but uh, that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case here this week. So. We'll see what Heineke can do. You know, I thought he did some good things in the second half against the Titans. I've seen Heineke do good things in previous two years in Washington. You know, the, the good didn't necessarily outweigh the bad there. I'm not necessarily convinced that that's going to change this week against the Vikings. You know, the main concern with Taylor Heineke has always been he has a propensity to turn the ball over, which has been the thing that has plagued Desmond Ritter. So I'm not convinced yet that that suddenly is going to change because that's been kind of the biggest thing holding back this Falcons offense in the, you know, eight games that they played under Desmond Ritter. But Heineke is a little bit more of a gunslinger. He's willing to maybe take some shots. You saw flashes of that last week against Tennessee where he was looking for uh, a couple of big plays. But you do kind of wonder, can he do that uh, against this Vikings defense? Maybe. Uh, but you know, with Drake London dealing with a groin injury, do you lose potentially your top weapon that could be the, the guy thing. that can win on the outside when you want to, when you see that sort of single high coverage and you got that one on one on the outside and you just kind of throw it up to Drake London and let him go get the football? You don't necessarily really have that outside of Drake London. So that's going to be an interesting wrinkle specifically in this matchup if London does miss this game. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot of turmoil in Atlanta, given yeah. the quarterback situation. So I guess I, I got two questions. One is, what kind of leash are we working with here? Is this a situation where we're where we're just riding the hot hand till it's not hot anymore? And if, you know, if Heineke throws three interceptions, he's pulled by halftime? Or are we going to, like, stick with this? And this is truly, like, a bona fide benching. That's the first question. I think it's the former. I okay. don't it, Arthur Smith. Like we could not, see Ritter in this game if like things go a certain way. Yeah, I think this it's possible that we could see Ritter back in this game if things go a certain way. Interesting. Um, so what's your second and question? The second one is what is Atlanta's preferred solution to the blitz? Because guess what you're going to see a lot of all the time, no matter what Brian Flores is sending them 
Um, he's known for this. The Vikings lead the league in blitz percentage, and it's not close. They also lead the league in drop eight. It's weird over here. Brian Flores is like just playing a totally different version. He says, screw what everybody else is doing, sitting in their base package and trying to play, you know, match zones. Nah, F that. We're going crazy on everything. We're going to disguise the looks. We're going to try to mess with you pre-snap. A lot of post-snap rotation, so you can't even like get them with a hard count and see if you can figure out which way the safeties are rotating. And with young quarterbacks especially, uh, there's been... They've struggled. Jordan Love struggled. Justin Fields struggled. Bryce Young struggled. Guys with more experience, not so much. Even guys like Baker Mayfield, who not the biggest reputation, but he's been in, been around the block. So maybe that that might be part of why it's Heineke this week is because he's seen this kind of he's been around, you know, uh, I mean, he started. I, I don't know how many Falcons fans might not know this. He started as a Viking and there was a whole thing about Taylor Heineke. In 2016, the year Teddy Bridgewater tore up his leg, Taylor Heineke probably would have gotten the nod, but in an ill-advised late-night uh, fiasco, he put his foot through a door and tore up his foot and was out for the season. Like, trying to kick in a door to break back into... He, like, locked himself out of his apartment or something like that. Uh, and that, like, actually ruined an opportunity for him to, like, be the Vikings' starting quarterback, and he ended up never taking a down, taking a snap for us. Now he's carved out this whole career elsewhere. So we always think about it as, as this weird what could have been. Maybe they don't trade for Sam Bradford. Maybe things go totally different those years. Heineke is this weird enigma to Vikings fans. Interesting, interesting. Um, the Blitz is going to be an interesting wrinkle in this game because, um, well... Let's talk about it a little bit coming up because we'll get into some key matchups and yeah, how the yeah, Falcons yeah, handle the blitz is is one of those key matchups that I'll be looking uh, at. So we'll we'll get into some of the key matchups for both of these teams as we continue today's crossover Thursday. So good, bad, or in between, it is tough to root for your team on an empty stomach. So order your faves from DoorDash. If your team is winning, order something to celebrate. If you're losing, then order something as a pick-me-up DoorDash has the unbeatable deals on everything you need for your watch party or tailgate. All your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are all on the app so that you can shop for everything you need to get game day ready. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. That subject to change in terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Don't forget to use that code LOCK23, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3, for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. So, of course, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons joined with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and we are going to get into some of the key matchups here of this illustrious Week 9 matchup between Jaron Hall and Taylor Heineke. It's going to be a barn burner, as <laughs> Luke said. But before we get into that, I do want to plug the Locked On NFL kickoff live show each and every Friday that's going to get you geared up not only for this matchup, but all the matchups this weekend. You can find it across the entire Locked On NFL network. If you're subscribed to Locked On Vikings or Locked On Falcons, you'll automatically be able to check that out. So if you're not subscribed to either one of those channels, make sure you do so and you can get that at Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. 
So, uh, Luke, let's talk about some key matchups. And we were just about to get into the Falcons blitz uh, or the, the Vikings blitz. Yeah. Uh, Brian Flores versus Taylor Heineke or versus, I don't know, the protection calls. This, I don't know who the center is in Atlanta. Drew Dahlman yeah. is the center. Yeah, and yeah. the Falcons haven't been great against the blitz this year, right? It's it's It feels like a lot of times, and it's not because like the protections are bad. It's they have a bunch of young receivers that don't recognize the blitz and they don't stem off their routes. Like there was a couple of times last week, hmm. and this is something that has been a recurring issue, not only with Bijan Robinson, uh, but it's also been with Kyle Pitts and Drake London, where they'll be looking and the linebacker or a corner will cheat up to the line. And it's like everybody, you know, who should play professional football should be like, that guy's coming. I need to shorten my route so I can get my head around quickly. Uh, and so the quarterback can get the ball out quickly and specifically our young receivers don't do that at all. And it's led to problems when it's come to the blitz and it's led to tail Heineke, or I should say Desmond Ritter eating sacks, uh, that he shouldn't have to eat because, um, you know, reasons and whatnot. So that's a challenge, but I, I do feel like at least the brand of blitzing that Brian Flores brings, at least it's a little reminiscent of the brand of defense and style that Dean Pease had uh, here the last two years as a defensive coordinator in Atlanta. Now, Brian Flores seems to turn that up to 11 at times, mm -hmm. but I feel like, you know, the Falcons shouldn't be caught off too too much um, caught off guard with what Brian Flores is going to do just because they have a taste of it with what Dean Pease does. So theoretically on paper, the Falcons should be ready to go against this blitz, but only if maybe some of their young players understand that, hey, I need to make adjustments to my routes and whatnot. Yeah, and it, like throwing hot successfully is vital. If you cannot throw hot, you're going to fall apart. Um, and that depends on what the hot routes are, too. Because uh, I know some offenses won't shorten their routes at all. And they'll just say, no, if it's if there's an unblocked guy, we've got this outlet. Everybody else do everything normal. And if we get to the outlet, we get to the outlet. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what the Falcons are doing, but if the like part of it, the philosophy is I, like I jokingly tweeted it during the Packers game, like the goal is to turn you into PJ Fleck, like make you just like an RPO checkdown offense and every, you know, your, your average depth of target will be two and just make everything an underneath catch and run play. And then we got, you know, D backs that can rally and tackle. So matchup wise who are the after catch threats because those are the guys that have really given the vikings trouble if you can make a guy miss and then make a big play like christian mccaffrey and so on well the falcons don't really have really threatening yak guys that's been kind of that's been their problem like Kadero hodge had a, a big 50 yard play last week where he just kind of spun out of two tackles and, and got like 30 yards after the catch. But like, that's not really a Kadero Hodge. Really. He just, that was just kind of a lucky play that you don't see. So it's really like Bijan is their, their big gat guy. Yeah. Um, that's the guys can like cam Bynum tackle Bijan Robinson. That's going to be a big one or guys like Jordan Hicks and Ivan pace. Yeah. So it, it's really the running backs that are like the most dangerous guys with the ball in hands is Bijan is Cordero Patterson, which, you know, can be effective, but isn't necessarily ideal. And, you know, that may be a reason why the Falcons offense isn't necessarily reaching the heights that it would like to. Is Cordell Patterson still returning kicks? Yes, he is. All right. Greatest ever. There we go. All right. That's something <laughs> Viking fans and Falcon fans will agree on. I, Absolutely. It, yeah. You know, maybe not so much for uh, which Anderson kicker is the greatest kicker. Of, of I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> hey, both former Vikings, all right? Morton did have a year. I think it was 2005, four, one of those. Okay. He ended up uh, actually joining the Vikings. So a okay. couple of Viking legend Anderson kickers that we will say no more details about. What matchups do you think are going to be key in this uh, Vikings-Falcons matchup? For me, it, it, defensively, the Falcons defense has played well this year. Last week, I want to say it was a hiccup uh, after Will Levis made like five good throws and four of them happened to be touchdowns um, in that game. And the Falcons were just seemingly off what, you know, just had an off day. But the one player that really gives me pause in this Vikings game, obviously, you know, I love me some Jordan Addison from his days at Pitt, but I feel like AJ Terrell, if he is going to be asked to shadow him, that's the type of receiver that AJ Terrell historically has done well against. Is he he big and physical AJ Terrell? Somewhat. I mean, is that that's what Jordan that's what kills Jordan Addison. You you can see on tape times like catch technique or just even a good press at the line will totally knock him off his rhythm. But well, you gotta be able to get away with it without getting flagged. Jeff Akuda is more the the physical I'm gonna mess you up at the line of scrimmage guys. AJ Terrell they, is more the I can they, hang with any because he, he did a good job really sticking with like Stefan Diggs last year. Yeah, they might use Okuda then more than Terrell against Addison and and have Terrell go up and you know be part of concepts elsewhere. Okay. Yeah, well, but that being said, TJ Hawkinson's the the one guy that really scares me. Um, the Falcons don't really have a guy that they can say, go cover the tight end and lock him down. They're, uh, Kay Nellis is more of a pass rusher. He's kind of been forced to have to be more of a coverage linebacker this year because the injury that happened to Troy Anderson, who was supposed to be their really athletic coverage linebacker. Um, and Nate Landman, who's been replacing Troy Anderson, basically comes off the field on third down on every third down. So that's basically the team telling you, uh, what they think of his coverage ability. So basically if you can attack him on early downs, when he's on the field in coverage, that will be something that the Vikings can exploit. And then Richie Mm -hmm. Grant has been okay covering tight ends when he's been asked to do it. But I I feel like the Vikings, if they just kind of spam Hawkinson in this game, they'll have success. They might. The thing about the Vikings offense, especially sans Justin Jefferson, it runs through Hawkinson, whether it is Hawkinson, you know, being the key block on an edge rusher, Hawkinson being the lead blocker on a bubble screen, Hawkinson actually being the guy that's running choice. Um, you know, that's the first read on the passing concept, chipping and then running a double move like everything. There is some load bearing responsibility that Hawkinson has. Um, but I guess. The question is, so is this a man cover defense then? Like, is that what the Falcons prefer to do? And it's about finding a guy that can that can handle it. They they started out the year really leaning on their man coverage. They've they've pulled it back so far this year, but it hasn't been great with their zone just because they don't get reliable pressure when they do only okay. rush four and then you lose Grady Jarrett. And so now yeah. you're so it's it's one of those things where I feel like the Falcons, when they have been able to get pressure on the quarterback, it has been mostly playing man on the back end and dialing up blitzes, you know, five-man pressures and whatnot. That has been their most effective way to get pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, again, it's, it's kind of a, a damned if you do because, like, now you open up yourself to having that mismatch to Hawkinson if you do play man coverage. But at the same time, if you don't, maybe that allows Jaron Hall to sit back there and – and do Jaron Hall things, and I mean, in a good way. Uh, to well, you that's know. that. That's probably the best. And we'll get into predictions in a second. But that's probably the best avenue for the Falcons to take is 
to just say, screw it, we're sending guys, and we're hoping that we can flush Jaron Hall out of the pocket and make him do something dumb. Because that's that's what what it was at BYU, was there was you know, just two bozo plays that make you want to walk into the ocean amidst a whole bunch of like nice in rhythm on time stuff. But like the two bozo plays are all you remember. Like that's are, are like what changes the game. So I think you're just going to try to like coax Jaron Hall into making a mistake. That might be the best avenue. But I guess we should uh, probably go into what we think will actually happen in this game. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that uh, as we wrap up today's crossover Thursday. So prize picks is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And with basketball season finally here, you can now pick combo projections across both football and basketball from their specials league. All you got to do is combine projections of two or more players from different leagues. For example, you can combine LeBron James and Travis Kelsey on a combo of three points made in receptions. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 in just a few taps. Prize picks is really simple to play. Just pick two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and the more entries you make, the more money you can make. Up to 25 times your money. Quick withdrawals, easy game plan, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. So, uh, Luke, um, since I feel like I've hogged the microphone, um, <laughs> no, no, no. let's uh, get into sort of, you know, maybe keys to victory, how these teams win and some final score predictions. And I'll give you the floor first. Yeah, I think whichever team keeps their quarterback cleanest is going to win. And that's probably the case most of the time. But I think it's especially exacerbated with the two guys that are playing with Heineke versus Jaron Hall. Um whichever team can keep those guys away from like indulging their worst instincts. <laughs> and, and and you can do that by, by staying clean. But I, I think I've seen both those guys bail on clean pockets too. So, you know, which, which team feels relaxed, which team feels like they're in rhythm um, is going to be who kind of controls this game. But one thing I'll say, uh, the Vikings have this magical ability to make every game a game, no matter what is happening. They were up 24 to three against the Packers in Lambeau. And that still felt like it was kind of down to the wire, even though it ended up being a two score. Like it still felt like kind of, I don't know. There is something to it. I, I I tell everybody on these crossovers, do not touch that dial. I don't care if it's a three score lead at halftime. Do not touch that dial. I don't care which team is up. If the Vikings are up by three scores. They can blow this. Then boy, we know the Falcons can blow leads too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because like, Every crossover I've basically said when when asked sort of what the prediction is going to be, it's it's going to be a one score ball game. Pretty much every Falcon game this year has been a one score ball game going into like the final five minutes of the game. And then just basically whoever makes the plays at the end of the game is a team that yeah. walks away with a win. And I feel like that's going to be the case this week. As you say, whether one team gets off to a fast start or uh, or not, um, it'll find a way to to be close in the end but hopefully the falcons will feel more comfortable being at home and jaron hall getting his first start on the road and hopefully that is going to lead to the falcons being more successful and playing the style of football that they want to play which is you know being more balanced uh in the ground game trying to stay on schedule and hopefully not get burned too much by that blitz and maybe burn the vikings 
when uh, Brian Flores dials up that blitz. So I'm going to, this is going to be the biggest margin of victory I project for the Falcons this year. I'm going to go with like a 24 to 14 win for the Falcons. And that's just mostly because I am hoping that Jaron Hall does not have a repeat uh, performance that Will Levis had last week and just carve yeah. up the Falcons defense. Oh, yeah. And then you'll have like a whole thing about rookie quarterbacks that you'll have to deal with. Yeah, yeah that'd be really fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the avenue to that is like part of it is if the Vikings come out with a contracted playbook because they like don't trust the rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything I have seen says that they do trust Jaron Hall. In fact, people are actually kind of mad that they threw it all with Jaron Hall when he had to go into the game. Um, and they were not calling, you know, Mickey Mouse concepts. They were not calling just like stupid little, you know, free completion kind of stuff. Like it was real plays. And they did that in the preseason as well. So considering that he ran about the same playbook at BYU, they run McVay stuff over there. I don't know if they will, but if they're going to score like 14 points, it's because like we just lived in like stick and screens all day. And it just got way too easy for the Falcons to defend it. But yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to see the Vikings like moving the ball, hard to see them moving the ball on the ground. They just have to keep Jaron Hall clean and then maybe they can get a win. But I, it, at no point is any game for the rest of the year going to be easy for the Vikings. It's just going to be wars all the way down. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And this is the Falcons. Like, you know, last week people were licking their chops. Oh, it's Will Levis. And I'm like, hey, it's this is a Derrick Henry, Jeffrey Simmons game. And yeah. uh Derrick Henry and Jeffrey Simmons had a game, and so did Will Levis on again mm-hmm. five throws, literally five throws that he made in this game. Uh, and the four of them, were yeah, just- it's like it's what he does, it's what he did at Kentucky, too. Like yeah. it's just bombas all the way down, like yeah. just <laughs> like kind of whatever stuff that they did with like all of that, like short, quick game. They were like all quick game in Kentucky, and then every once in a while, he would just hit like a 70 yard post. You're like, all right, he's just got a cannon, sure. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty much that's yeah, that's that was last week, so. Uh, he, he is who we thought they are. Uh, Denny Green quote. Oh, RIP. Um, yeah. So what you got any final score predictions for this one? Or are you going to save that for later on Locked on Bike? I, I hate doing score predictions. What it's what Falcons by four is the four deal. And a half, I think four and a half. I'll never do a serious one in my life. Um, 14, 10 Vikings. Okay. There you go. There you go. There's that uh, Vikings by four. How about that? There you I go. definitely thought those numbers out quite a bit before. Yes, saying I can tell. You, I, I put a lot into it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Luke, any parting words on this crossover Thursday before we duck out of here? I think one last thing is this game will come down to the Bozo plays. I think like the, the disaster mistake is going to be the thing we all talk about afterwards. Something, Some stupid circus fumble around, some crazy tipped interception, something like that. I think whoever gets the right side of those and whoever makes less of those mistakes, like it, it, this doesn't sound like particularly groundbreaking analysis, but yeah. this is now you know, young quarterbacks, young teams, or in Heineke's case, somebody who's prone to that. Um, guys without their sort of, ve- a lot of their veteran superstars, who does the dumbest thing like that's going to be the, the the kicker here. And I am just so glad that this is a week where you've got games like Seahawks Ravens and you got games like Cowboys Eagles and you got all these like total barn burners. Nobody look at us, please. <laughs> Can we just sneak this one in under the radar and get like two highlights on the fastest three minutes at Monday Night Football and get this one forgotten about? Because I feel like it's going to be ugly. 
I can see that. I can see that. So if if it's avoiding terrible decisions and terrible mistakes, then I guess it is a good week to bench Desmond Ritter because that seems like the flukiest ways to turn the ball over have been sort of following him these last couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. my last thought, Luke, is just a quick question. At least among the Falcon fans I talk to, we refer to the Vikings as Falcons North. I'm just curious, do you think of the Falcons as Viking South? Just because the, the teams are too, oh, just sort of snake-bitten organization Snake bitten teams yeah uh, we're we're definitely birds of a feather i think uh and also you know enemy of my enemy a lot of vikings fans still bitter about the yeah. saints and 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 in 09 so we we love that we love you guys you for know? that one and and the and the 98 well yeah the miracle and all yeah. that and, and the 98 thing like nobody's mad at the falcons over that like that was a fair and square kind of you know like no, there's no bitterness at the team like we all just hate gary anderson <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, yeah, it's a it's a it's a chill, chill relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know some Falcon fans that are like I, I or I know a few a few that are like my son's a Vikings fan or my son's a, a Chargers fan. And I'm like, well, and they're they're upset that they're not rooting for the Falcons. And I'm like, they just chose the, a, the same team in the a different team. part of the country. Yeah. So. Like, like they're getting punished enough. Yeah. If they chose the Vikings or the Chargers. Yeah. So, guys, I hope we didn't punish you too much on this crossover Thursday. We look forward to seeing what goes on between these two teams with all the quarterback changes that are occurring. And, of course, make sure you continue to make Locked on Falcons and Locked on Vikings your first listen all week long to get more insights into this matchup. And, of course, for your second listen, check out the Locked on NFL podcast. That's going to give you the lowdown on all the things going on around the NFL trade deadline fallout. Who's up who's down all that and more it's all part of locked on podcast network your team every day